Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. The Onyx Hunt app is your premier GPS hunting app, turns your mobile phone into a working GPS. And you can do that on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet, whatever you have. And right now they're running their new beta service for their 3D mapping. So you can get on, it's only available for iOS and on the web map right now. So if you have an Android, gotta wait a little bit. But what they have is you're able to look at it from a 3D image, overlay that with their topography lines and everything else and be able to really plan out, say, if you're on a western hunt, your stocks, or if you're on a whitetail hunt in the mountains in Appalachian, you can see where some hidden benches are, some different things to check out while scouting and or hunting. So if you want to check out the Onyx Hunt app, Head over to onxmaps.com and use the coupon code EMW. That'll save yourself 20% off of the app. The University of Elk Hunting. So Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have put together the most fully comprehensive elk hunting learning course available. And they have done that. So Corey's been doing that through just years and years of knowledge with elk hunting and everything he's learned and with everyone that he knows he's been able to put together this comprehensive course that teaches you everything from the beginning to the end when it comes to elk hunting so like from the planning phases all the way through the fitness the gear everything else is involved and and then all the way through learning elk hunting knowledge to hopefully the kill and how to pack it out. So all that information is there for a one-year membership. Head over to elk101.com and use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST. You'll save yourself 20% off of a one-year membership. And last but not least, Tethered. So Tethered has developed some of the most lightweight, innovative mobile hunting gear available mostly in the saddle hunting community, but they're even expanding from that. So what's cool about Tethered is they're not just there to sell you products. They're there to teach you about saddle hunting, see if it's right for you. They have the resources there. They have their YouTube channel. They have blog posts, everything else to teach you, plus all their products that are online that you can check out at tetherednation.com. So head over to that and check it out. And now I am joined here on the the podcast with Justin Mueller, who's been uh, here with me now for eight days of rut hunting in Pennsylvania for mountain bucks. Justin, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, pretty good. We're pretty uh, pretty beat down and tired. Well, yeah. I mean, this isn't no uh, no difference for you, really. You've been doing this going after it yeah I, I always feel bad complaining because you're definitely um been doing it a little bit longer than i have <laughs> yeah i've been uh been fortunate i booked a lot of whitetail hunts um i went from iowa to wisconsin to illinois to here um all in one big loop so now tomorrow um as today was our last day hunting tomorrow i'm driving home and i have the week off so it'll be nice to kind of go home get all my stuff organized kind of relax a little bit and you know, take a step back from hunting for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, I don't know how you do it, man. I mean, I think, you know, it, 
everyone thinks of someone that's, uh, you know, filming or anything in the hunting industry as a dream job, which it can be, I'm sure at times, but other times it's also a freaking grind. That's right. I mean, there's, there's definitely days that are amazing. There's days that are horrible. It's, it's like every job I tell people like, you know, there's, there's, there's goods and bads. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes trips go really well. You see a lot of deer, you have a good time, you're with really good people. And, and other times that's just not the case. So, but I've been lucky this year. I've been working with some good people and uh, I'm here with you obviously this week, which was a blast. So yeah. I had a really good time up here in PA. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't the first time you've been on the podcast. So anyone that hasn't listened, I did one with Justin back in March, kind of talking through the whole filming photography side of things with the, you know, with hunting and then also on the Alaskan hunt. So the caribou mm-hmm. hunt, Justin was there to film myself and my good buddy, Michael Palladino. And we came out with the film that Justin produced called Above the Circle. And that's over on my YouTube channel now. So if you haven't checked it out, take a look at that. Justin's extremely talented and somehow makes us look decent on camera. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I work hard to do it. Yeah. Sure. Now, <laughs> this week was fun though. I mean, I, I kind of came in, I didn't know you know, I didn't really know what to expect, right? Like I had been out here, um, shooting the scouting videos with you. Um, and I kind of got a little bit of the lay of the land and you showed me a couple spots that you, you know, you hunted or we filmed at and why yeah. you there. And it was kind of a, just a big, like, Oh shit, this is a lot, you know, for me coming in. So it was, it was fun to come up here and actually see how you hunt it now and kind of just, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, heard me along the way, kind of asking questions about stuff just because yeah. it's, it's totally new from where I grew up and it's, it's a whole different ball game up here. Yeah. So like with, um, so what's your whitetail experience, say from yourself and then like with most of your filming? Okay. Um, so I grew up on a 200 acre dairy farm, um, where we started hunting there and, and it's your typical central Minnesota, right? There's not a lot of like quality deer management. There's not a lot of that going on. Um, but there's deer around, so everyone hunts them. Right. And so I kind of got started there and I just, I loved it. And I, I wanted to start hunting different States and I wanted to, you know, just kind of do it all. So I, that's a big reason I got into filming is, is, you know, so I could kind of go out of state and kind of hunt and, and see new States and new places. And, and a lot of the Midwest is, um, kind of the same as far as how you, you know, go after the hunt. It's kind of cropland with timber kind of all mixed in. Um, but up here there's none of that. It's just big woods. Yeah. So what, what I, I know you kind of said it a little bit, but like what from hunting here, you know, for over a week with me and stuff, what was like, what are some of your takeaways from it? Like what just overall impressions, like not getting in the nitty gritty, but like, what are some of your impressions of it? Uh, it's thick. <laughs> yeah. You know, we hunted the, um, do you want to go right into the hunt? All right. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, the first morning, I believe it was, we hunted that, um, spot that was just thicker. And I mean, we could only shoot 20 yards. Well, no, the first morning we were on the edge of it. Oh, we okay. Moving in, That's right. That's moving right. In and then when that. we moved in, so that was my first impression. Cause when we first set up, um, I liked that spot. It was kind of open a little bit. You could see a lot. Yeah. Uh, we could hear stuff coming from behind us. Um, but when we got into that second spot, it was like, man, this is, I mean, to get a mature buck, you know, into visibility is one thing, but then to get it within 20 yards for how thick it is up here and, and how you're hunting selective cuts and certain lines going around, like it's, it's, it's a lot yeah, <laughs> to say the least, you know, it, it is, it is crazy to me. So I'll, I'll go into the detail that will the first day there, but like, so looking at the grand scheme of things when it comes to big woods, all right. So 
you're hunting deer, okay? You're hunting deer, you're hunting white-tailed deer. You look at thousands and thousands of acres of timber that's essentially unbroken. There's some farm country mixed in with some of the private and stuff that's around, but mostly just big timber, some rolling hills, some steeper stuff, some relatively flat big woods. There's a whole bunch of mixture in there. So you have all that and and there's no like primary food sources for the most part. You don't really have, you know, the first spot we hunted, we had some, we had an oak patch. There was some oak trees, right. some acorns, but they're not, you're not, you know, in clear cuts and stuff, but you're not finding like, there's not those big cornfields or food plots or anything else that are your primary food sources that you know that they want to go to at some point. So they're kind of just like meandering through the woods, you know, there's, yeah, there, I mean, there's a rhyme or reason to some of it, but some, at the other side of it, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. And it's hard because, um, you know, let's say you're going to hunt an, you know, an oak patch or whatever, there might be 20 of those right around. So how do you know which one to hunt? Like when you're hunting a cornfield, you kind of hunt the corners, you kind of hunt the valleys coming into it. You kind of know where the deer are going to come into the food, but up here there's no rhyme or reason whatsoever. Yeah. I've seen this week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's trying to find those micro edges, like things that don't even like really stand out to someone that's not used to it or anything. Like the first morning we hunted a spot, it was on the edge of an older clear cut. I'd say, I don't know, eight to 10 years old and there's some open timber and then we had a big hemlock thicket kind of behind us, not really thicket, but just hemlock patch. So conifer trees and there was a narrow um, set of cherry trees that was kind of open timber that we were sitting in that led into the oaks that were a few hundred yards away, essentially. And we snuck in there to hopefully catching the deer coming from the oaks, you know, back into some of the bedding cover, which is the hemlocks and the clear cut. And we had, I mean, right off the bat, we had that. We had, we did, yeah. We had a deer that was at like, I don't know, 10 yards from us, but we couldn't see it because we were right against the hemlocks and it was yeah. like there and it was looking out in the open trying to see something. It couldn't. And our wind was blowing that direction. Our thermals were kind of keeping us good because they were going up because it was so cold in the morning. But um, eventually, I, I don't think he actually smelled us. I think he saw me move. Well, because we could hear him coming in, right? Yeah. And he got to that point where it was like, if he steps any more to the right, he's going to come out. At least that's the way I was seeing it. Um, and then he kind of, yeah, stopped for a little bit. Then he, you know, took a hard 90 degree turn and went to the left. Then we saw him come out into the opening over there, but he was, he was right on us. Well, no, the first deer we never saw. I remember it blew at us. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about that little buck that came. No, out. no, no, no. That was. That's right. We did get. The second deer did the same yep. thing, but that one didn't really catch us. It just ended up coming out and it was a small eight point. I think it was. Yeah. You yeah. got it on film. It was. Yep. Yep. Small eight pointer. So then that was, he was just cruising through and then he was running the, so we were on the downwind side of the clear cut. That's something else I should say. Cause that's why like mid morning. So even them coming out of the Oaks, we're hoping to catch bucks cruising those bedding in that clear cut, right. which would be the, the easiest path them to run just on the outside of it, you know, down where we were. And yeah, we just, we, we saw those, well, we had the one deer that blew at us. Then we saw another deer and do we see any more deer in the morning? I don't think so i think that was that was about the morning yeah yeah and then because then we got down and you checked the trail and we had yeah we had some issue with pressure yeah we um, did yep. so some other hunting pressure and uh so we're like all right let's i was like let's move i said 
I, I had a feeling there was some hunting pressure there. It was somewhat of an easy to access spot. And I was like, let's go in the thick of the clear cut. And, and I, I have some knowledge on the area. So it wasn't like this is the first time in there. When I say knowledge, this is my first year hunting it, but I've been hunting it enough and running cameras this year. There was really one specific buck I was focusing on and a second one that was like my second target. And I knew one of them was living in this clear cut. And I was like, let's get into the thick of it. Let's just move right in. It's November 7th. Let's do it. So moved into this kind of, you know, it's not a ton of topography, but it was kind of like a micro train, kind of a point coming out. And just along the edge of it was this old clear cut. We're kind of middle of it. I jumped some does bedded there um, just before you came out. So I knew there was does bedded there. And there's a big scrape there that I had that number two target buck on the day I went back to work the week before. Right. Daylight right at noon, smoking the scrape, <laughs> tearing it up. Uh. And um, so we set up about 100 yards from that scrape, kind of on a, a travel path there. And yep. I mean, right away, I mean, we, we couldn't shoot. Like I said, you can't really cut anything out. And so, because you're not allowed to really do that. So we just climbed up a tree and I'm like, oh shit, like this is really difficult to shoot. Like, yeah. I mean, I made a couple mock scrapes like right at the moment just to get something to stop. And they're 12 yard shots. Like yeah. they were close. And, and this, is, this is in the middle of just the thickest stuff out there. So it's like when you look around, it's kind of intimidating because it's like, I mean, I'm sure you thought, but it's like, yeah. what are the odds we're going to get one to walk 12 yards from us? I know. Yeah. You know? And the, the thing that I've learned is like, and especially from this year, the, the, the the number one target buck that I talked about last week, I think it was last week I talked about on the podcast briefly. I had the encounter with at 15 yards. He's running does through the thick shit. Like he didn't want to be in the open. These big bucks sometimes won't even run the edges. They just want to run inside it. They want to be in that thick cover. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit instead of hunting this edge. I'm gonna get in the middle of it, and it ended up kind of paying off for us. Right, first thing, not first thing. We were in the stand for probably an hour or so grunted in a small like four point or something yep came right up came in on a rope right in right 12 to, yards yep right to your scrape too yeah, yeah. Right, right to the scrape and and then he kind of just moseyed off and we were set up on like kind of like downwind side of this ridge and it was kind of it was kind of an uh iffy wind i guess for depending on where they came from and somehow we didn't get busted by them and then right before dark we had another deer come running in and then got just just out of sight and stopped. Yeah, that's right. Don't yeah. ever know what happened that deer. He just disappeared. Just yeah, because at that time the leaves were super crunchy, so you could hear stuff coming from along. Yeah, you, know, you could. You, you always hear like the squirrel or deer. Which one is it? But there, when they were cruising, especially kind of on a trot, like when you heard it, it was like that's a deer. Yep. You know, and yeah, we never got got eyes on that one. No. So that was. Um, so that was difficult, but we're like, all right, we're going to leave this here. So that was Saturday, November 7th. And we're like, this is a good spot tomorrow. We're going to scout all day on Sunday, but we're going to go to a different area. I'm not going to go in and screw up this area or mess around in it. I know this is a good spot where we actually left our set there. Yeah. And then went out and scout a different area and had some really good bucks in some areas. I left cameras up since the summer and considered hunting some of those places, which we never went back to that one Crick crossing spot, but yeah, we never did. Man, I, I was know. excited about that one too. That was a that would have been a fun one just from the aspect of how far deep it was in there. Like, I mean, that's truly hunting 
I mean, that was almost two miles in, yeah. and there's absolutely no gated road, no nothing. You're side hill in the whole. I mean, yeah, there's nobody hunting there. No, no, there's there's nobody there at all. I mean, it was just this beautiful bottom too, and it just like it looked great. And there was there was a buck there that was very large. Yeah, that this new area I scouted in the spring, and I found some big ass rubs, and just everything just fit the bill. And this buck. Cross that creek crossing, what three times in daylight the first week of archery? Yeah, opening day he was opening there. day. Yeah. I, and the thing <laughs> is, this this is on me, but I was gonna hunt that opening day, but I had no knowledge on it. Didn't know if it was gonna be a bust or not. But there were some apple trees in the area and some things that made me think it could be good. I was honestly lazy and I didn't want to hike back in there to hunt it. And it's there's some pretty decent in in the warmer weather. There's some decent rattlesnake country and i was just like i don't really want to deal with that right now yeah and that's bad. totally on me because i screwed that <laughs> well, up. at the very least now you know for next year so i'm sure it'll be oh down my, there. oh my yeah. god yeah. yeah yeah like that's such a learning lesson there yeah. and anyways we found some cameras were dead and just weren't i don't know the scrape activity this year wasn't in late october like it normally was they like the rut was just weird in general. It was like kind of like drawn out and not any like breakout days type of right. deal. So um, anyways, we were like, all right, Monday morning, we're going back into that spot. And we went back in that thick clear cut. And how did how did the morning start out? Do you remember? We, we had that deer come in before it was light. In the dark. That's right. Yeah. They walked right on that trail right underneath us too. Yep. It was actually while the moon was out. Because I remember I was looking down, kind of squinting to try to see the, the deer, and I could see my shadow moving. So I was like, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, just let it walk by. But it hung out for quite a while by us. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to stay long enough to get yeah. light. I was literally sitting there with my bow just like, because I knew I couldn't move. He was so close. And yeah. Hoping it was just going to get light and he was just going to be right there. But Just a big buck standing right eventually there. eventually just like <laughs> kind of moved off. and. Yep. We figured he bedded pretty close because, like, we stopped hearing him about 100 yards out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was that. was that. And then, then we saw another deer from where we think it might have been the same one. Just the body cross through. Yeah, just saw a body clearing. cross through yep. and just moved. looked like it got up to feet a little bit and maybe shifted his bed yeah. 50, 60 yards yeah. and bedded back down. And then uh, we heard another deer coming. So this was, again, Monday morning. It was still cool. Now we're getting into a heat wave, which we kind of already were. Yeah. Um, so we're getting into, you know, highs in the 70s, which is not ideal for the rut. But as you start getting mid-morning, we heard a deer, what we thought was a deer trotting. Yep. And Justin looks over his shoulder to me because he was kind of facing that direction. And he's like, it's a coyote. And the thing came running right it came in. Came in perfect, it when I actually first saw it, um, I showed you the footage, and I'm kind of shaking that I find it. When I first saw it, and I, I went down to get your attention, it was standing on a log. So it's kind of standing up a little bit, kind of looking. And I was like, oh, shit, like there's a coyote. Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to shoot it or not, but like back home, we shoot them when we see them. Yeah. So I was like, I was kind of excited. But yeah, it cut probably 60 yards, you know, kind of skirted us. And all of a sudden, it took like a 90-degree turn and just came right right in and it stopped right perfect for you to yeah i think it might have heard me draw so it was off the weak side of my saddle so i pulled my bow up over my bridge anybody hunts out of saddle knows that's like the toughest shot is your weak side and and i drew back and it stopped just in just between. on a like dime you could just yeah. kind of see the vitals between these two trees 
and put it on them. I and you know I had I had my Garmin site and I was able to pull it up. It was twenty one yards. Put the pin right on behind the shoulder and just pulled through the shot and it just felt perfect. It broke and I was like I hit him good. Like it it was smoked him. It smoked him. <laughs> yeah, as as everyone on TV says, smoked him. Smoked him. And um, so it hit and that. And it ran off, but it ran, you know, it didn't stop. Oh, it, it just yeah, kept it going. I was like, that was good, wasn't it? He's like, you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then we looked at the, the footage, and I had Nocturnal on there, which is kind of old, and it didn't light up. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and, and um, he showed me the footage. I was like, yeah, that's a good shot. So, like, we'll wait a few hours, and then I'll go look for it. Because that was kind of not early morning by any means, but it was still good hunting time. So, we yeah. didn't want to, like, immediately get down and... And go look yeah, well, like wait till it heats up a little bit, right? As far as the weather goes, and then um, so then right not an hour after that, where we saw the deer movement because that yep. coyote ran right into that right direction. In I'm like, oh no, ran right into the bedding where I thought one of the big <laughs> boxes bedded. And anyways, two deer come out. We see smaller body and a bigger body, and immediately think it's buck yeah. and a doe. Yep. Coming in and it being two small bucks. Yep. Like on a string though, same trail a coyote did. Yep. And par- I didn't even know it at the time because I set up kind of somewhat blind, just using the features and what things looked good. There was a really main trail that went through there and a scrape. Yeah. And they went through and hit that, and uh, that was cool. They came right through and just cruised on, yep. you know, down through, and then eventually. After a while, we got down and went to look for the coyote, and I didn't have any blood um, at all from the beginning of the shot, which was kind of surprising, but... The arrow was completely passed through, full of blood. Oh, yeah, it was full of blood, but there was nothing laying there, which it probably bled not far after, but just... I saw where it ran. I was like, I'm just going to go look for it. Yeah. Yeah, the son of a bitch ran right into the buck bedding (laughs) area and died literally next to one of the beds that I think one of those big ones used. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, that's why people don't shoot them yeah. while they're hunting deer. But uh, I'm glad you did, though. I'm so glad I did, too. <laughs> and that, that was really cool. That was, was my first coyote with a bow, and it was just... It, it, it was, took us a little bit to find it, though. I, I For some reason, I thought it went more to the right. So I was kind of looking over there, but you I mean, you were right on it, and you found it. Pretty oh, it's, it's, it's so tough to know from a stand. Everything yeah. looks different when you get down, yeah. and... Yeah, found it, and then we're like, it's getting pretty hot. We got to get it out of here because it's starting to stink. Those things stink as it is. And then, so we ended up coming out, hauled it out to the truck, and didn't want to pack it out in our packs, get everything stinking, so it's carrying the damn thing. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. I I got the better end of that deal. I had an arm pump. Yeah, you you carried my boat. You (laughs) had a bunch of stuff, too. That worked out. Got it out of there, and then you brought it home, and... Got it all skinned out and everything. Yeah, yeah, skinned it out and gonna tan the hide. So that was that was cool. That was my first time doing that. Messed it up a little bit with skinning it and everything, but I think I think it'll turn out pretty good. Yeah, learning lesson at the very least. Mason right? was here, who's on last week's podcast, my cousin, and and uh, his dad does taxidermy, and he's like, "Well, you did the face all right. Everything else looks kind of messed up, but <laughs> <laughs> the most important part is well, head. So we'll make it all right. Yeah, for sure." <laughs> So that was that was pretty cool. Um, got that all taken care of, and uh, and then so that was kind of the end of that day. My dad got a buck. Yes. Yep. yep. So my dad shot a real nice eight pointer, and he called that buck in. 
said her here the antlers hitting off the trees coming in he went to full draw popped out in the opening and he shot it perfect and heard it crash everything was great there i didn't even know because he didn't have any service he just all of a sudden i get a text he got a buck down i was like you need help and all of a sudden he's at the house with it so yeah he wasn't too far after us no before he showed up with it but that was cool that he came by to you know show everybody and yeah it was was nice yeah that was a that was a lot of fun so yeah for sure it's always good seeing people that put their time in to, you know, get a nice buck and everything. So that yeah, was cool. For sure. And then, um, so after that, then we went into day three of the hunt. And I went, it was going to be real hot again. I was trying to yeah. think of, like, what can we do with this heat? Where are the deer going to be? And I knew this thick hemlock side hill, kind of just over a creek. Um I was like, and I thought they bedded out in this point. Well, I know they do at some point. And we went and hunted this spot all day. It looked like places they should be cruising. And we didn't see a deer, didn't see a deer. the whole day. Yeah, that's a long day. Dark to dark, no deer. Saw some turkeys. Um, they didn't come in a range. I was going to shoot one of them too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, That was our, f- our first all day sit in one tree. Yeah, yep. Yep, for moving around. Yep. That was a good spot, though, man. It just it wasn't happening there, I guess. But No, it wasn't happening at that time. So yep. Everything looked good, though. Yeah, we moved out, so not, not a whole lot of action then. And then it come, came to Wednesday, which was day four, and completely relocated areas. Yep. Um, is that? Yeah. Yeah, we did that Wednesday. Because there was, there was rain. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Tuesday night, sorry, I'm uh, I'm just rem- I'm remembering things we go. Tuesday night, got out to my truck, and 100 yards from my truck, my number two target buck, if you want to call it that, was locked down with a toe right next to the road. Yeah, and we were coming up this, I assume, like a logging road, basically. Yeah, yeah, and road. kind of took a slight right turn in the road, and the headlights just hit him, and all you see is just rack. You know, it was, yeah. That was a big deer. Yeah. That was one of the bigger deer I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and he's just standing there 15 yeah. yards from us. You filmed him. Yeah, filmed him right out of the truck. We And he just sat there. Just, I'm like, get off the road. I, yeah. You're a road hunter's dream, you know, and so. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was. So we, and we're like, all right. So th- that ran through my mind. All right, he's going to be locked down with her for two to three, four days maybe. So hunting him is kind of pointless at this point. But what we wanted to do was we went right back in the morning. There was some rain coming in and rain overnight. And in the morning, we're like, it'll be quiet. Let's walk and see. Maybe they're still going to be there in the morning. Maybe they didn't go far. And we kind of, and no sign of them. We couldn't find them. So completely relocated areas. Went to an area I've hunted for years to a good creek bottom spot. And had some really good bucks there in October and September and big scrape. And he was even there, you know, in late October and stuff. And uh, and so we went and hunted that first evening. No good. That was a pretty far pack in. That was. We didn't really know exactly where we were going to go. We were kind of playing it by ear. Yeah, trying know. to find a tree and get yeah. in there. We weren't. We were in a very good tree for being hidden, but not really good for shot opportunities. Right. Which is, is, is kind of a catch-22. Yeah, got to gotta find out. that balance there. Yeah. And we didn't see anything that night, but we're like, the, I, I basically said this is a spot we're going to spend two or three days. Because yep. I know the way these spots are. Might not see a deer for two days, but when we do, it's going to be a good one. Yep. 
Next morning, about 8.30, we heard some bucks fighting. Yeah. Full on battling it out about 120 yards away. Couldn't see them, but they were close. Then we heard them splashing in the water, crossing the creek. And the one came back this way. I'm thinking he's the one who lost because he yeah, went up he over the running. hill. Yep. And I saw saw him, and it was a smaller eight point. And he was just getting out of there. He wanted nothing to do with nobody. Didn't respond to calls, nothing. He just took off. And, and then I saw another deer cruising the ridge behind us, um, like one level up about 20 minutes later. So it was probably that same deer. I just, I just saw him real quick. Yeah. And then all day, no other action. Then right before dark, um, we're getting ready, almost ready to pack. It, it was, was last few minutes couple of shooting minutes. light. Yeah, for sure. And you said to me, you're like, boat, little buck in the bottom. And I grabbed my bow anyways and look, or no, I started to grab my bow and he was ready like out in the open. Like the, the spot I wouldn't expect him to come out of wide open. Yep. He's cruising and this was a shooter buck. You're like, oh, not, not a little buck. Yeah. Well, when I first saw him, like he... There's a there's, there's an edge that I was watching, you know, the edge where I could see, and like that's where I expected to see the deer coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of looking over there. I looked over to my right, the opposite way, came back, and he was already, like you said, 15, 20 yards past that, standing out in the open. And as soon as I looked at you and looked back up, he was kind of looking at us, and it was kind of like, oh, that is a little bit bigger than I thought it was. At first, I thought it was like a little, you know, just a little tiny basket racks he had his head down but then when he picked up and looked you know kind of around you could see that he was a good buck yeah he had some sweeping beams i mean yeah he was, he was no like mega giant or nothing but a really a good mature buck. yeah big sure. woods deer and and then he started walking away i waited to turn his head and i threw some calls at him and i had janelle the decoy set up but she was <laughs> back in the timber and i don't think he could see her no and at that time she might have been facing um, that's what it was. Yeah. She was facing the wrong way. I had right. pictured these deer coming out from a different direction. And so two dimensional, the Montana decoy, you can't see it when yeah. facing straight right away. So he just kept cruising. And, and even then, if I could have got him to say stop or was ready, he was at 49 yards, which I would shoot, but not, it was pretty, it was getting low light and he yeah. was kind of, he was real alert. Like he wasn't, I don't know. He was on a mission, but at the same time, he wasn't dumb either. He yeah. wasn't in full zone. He was very aware of what was going on. Yeah. Yep. So he left and climbed down, came back in the next day, which been Thursday. Then we were getting cool weather. Yep. We were freaking pumped, got in there, frost. First morning, morning of the frost, yeah. Oh, fired up. Yep. Not a freaking Nothing. deer. Dark, dark. <laughs> Not a deer. And man, is that a good spot? Oh my god, it looks amazing. Oh, I was just looking around all day, like how the hell have we not seen ten deer by now? It's it looks so good. It's just low deer density and and yeah. you're either in them or you're not. And eventually something's gonna cruise through there. We said that if you'd sit there for seven days, you're yeah. gonna get an opportunity. But right. man, is that difficult. Yep. Yep. So then we went in the following morning, which was Saturday Saturday morning. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. yesterday morning, and we went in and hunted it till about ten. Yeah, something eleven. Like Another maybe. great morning of fraud. I mean, picture perfect. Oh, morning. as mo- as great as you could ever want, and yeah. it Nothing. just 
It was at the morning. Yeah, that was the morning driving in. I almost smoked that buck, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, smoked Driving that. in, <laughs> 135 inch eight point, crosses the road. I'm going faster than you should be, probably 65. And I slammed the brakes on and swerved, and I almost took out his hind quarter. It was within a, a couple feet. Yeah. I mean, it was close. Yeah, so and that was a good buck. I was just staring at his rack the whole time that was going on. I know. I, mean, I had high anticipations after seeing it. <laughs> I did too. I mean, that was four thirty in the morning, but it still, was, it was he's out. He was out moving. So, anyways, didn't see nothing. I'm like, I'm. I said, I, I'm gonna pull directions again and go to a different area. It's just not. It's not happening right now here. It may, maybe it would be, you know, half mile down. I don't know, but I'm going to an area historically from trail cam data and from me hunting it, there's always does bed in this spot and there's always bucks checking them out. So we went there um, Friday night. We did have a buck cruise through. We, we couldn't tell what it was, just glimpse. I mean, it was uh, on a mission. Yeah. Yeah. It was and probably five, 10 minutes after sunset. Yeah. Kind of that time in there. And so we were hunting a clear cut, the edge of it. And sort of where the hemlock side hill met the clear cut. So right on the leeward side, everything was great for it. And he just stayed in the kind of thick stuff out in front of us and cruised fast. And then we had another deer come downwind that blew at us from like a long ways away because yeah. wind speed was kind of up at that point. Yep. But I had my camera there since July 25th. I didn't realize I put it out that long ago. It just wasn't getting the activity like that scrape normally got. Like I didn't have any mature bucks there. Yeah. Just was not what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. So we're like, you know what? You still don't know. Let's hunt it in the morning. This is our best chance right now. Let's hunt it. And we went back in this morning and the winds were like, it's the first Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania, by the way, which is pretty monumental thing. <laughs> and it was horrible weather. Horrible weather. <laughs> we had regular 15 to 25 mile per hour winds with gusts at 40 miles an hour. Yep. Justin and I are blown all over the tree and we're like, let's let's hunt from the ground. Yeah. And actually pulled out, went back to the truck, went in the location we were earlier in the week where I was hunting those big bucks, the one that was locked down and the one I had the encounter with. And I was like, let's get in on the ground. Started pouring down rain. We knew the rain was coming too. That's yeah. why we wanted to get down. Like, we figured we'd have a good chance walking around in the rain rather than sitting yeah. in the sand. And I was like, it's now or never. This is basically my last day to hunt during the early archery season. In your last day here, I was like, let's go right into the bedding and keep the wind in our face, kind of grunt. But you couldn't really grunt because it was so loud, was so the wind in the rain. Right. So, and we ended up seeing some does. And I checked that camera on my scrape where we were sitting where I shot the coyote. I was going to go there this morning and decide not to. I was like, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. And had a hot doe come through this morning and had three <laughs> bucks behind her. One I would have shot. Oh, uh, wasn't anything spectacular, but a nice buck. And The problem, too, is is the way the trail camera was with the deer coming, they came right in front of the stand. On the same trail, pretty much the coyote did. Yeah. And that was 21, I think you said? Yep. Yeah, so it, like it was kind of like ah oh, shit because you see a buck that like you said it wasn't a giant. But it, was, there it was a good thirteen minutes before we got there. Thirteen and I'm like, minutes, and they, and they were heading the direction we were walking in from. I was like, yeah. how didn't we see them? Yeah, it was funny, uh, Bo. You were like, this came through at I, uh, it was like ten fifteen. What time is it now? What like? And I was like, it's like ten twenty five, ten thirty. It was like this came through like you know less than fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, we walked right at each other, never saw it. Yeah, 
you know, oh. same trail the doe was. Blew my mind. Yep. Yeah, everything would have been perfect for it. It would have too. Which is what it is. It's one of them things. And uh, so we just kept moving along and uh, ended up jumping some does and, and finding some really good spots for the future, which is kind of a lot of my plan with it was like, this is my time to scout real time what's going on. I can learn for next year. I can learn for more this year, hopefully. And we learned a lot. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. uh, the one camera you checked had that your big buck on it. I know. <laughs> the first day that I got here in daylight. So we talked about oh, us sitting in that clear cut where I shot the coyote and stuff. Well, that evening while we were sitting in that stand 250 yards away over the side hill was my target buck, the one that I had at 15 yards on October 30th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just cruising Right through. in the wide open. Yeah. Not wide open, but he well, for where, where wide open the camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. He would have been a, a, I don't know, 10 or 11 yard shot from the tree. Yeah, yeah, definitely not wide open in general. It was yeah. thick down in there, but for where, where the stand would have been. He loves that side hill. He lives on that side hill. and That's why he's so big, man. It's just, I mean, it's out there. You know? Yeah. And so to kind of recap this, so we didn't kill a deer on this. We were filming for putting together a film and we've kind of come to the conclusion that most like we're going to sit on this footage for a little while and see how the rest of my hunting season goes. Yep. And if not, we'll try to do something again next year to put together. I don't want to release anything that's not great. Like I wanted to tell the story, not that killing it is the whole portion to it, but I think that to tell the story, right. I, I want to have some sort of closure with it and yeah. be able to show it. I think we got some awesome footage, some encounters, a whole bunch of stuff. Can't I think we'll release the the coyote? Yeah, kill or something Very separate. Soon, yeah, and yeah, so it was it was um, uh, a lot of learning. the The weather was definitely not ideal. We had maybe two days that were somewhat two ideal out of eight that were good days. Yeah. Those two mornings were as good as you could ask for. But other than that, it was really hot or it was raining and windy. Yeah. You know, and very windy, very, <laughs> very tough conditions. And like, yeah. and you know, some pe people did good. I mean, it's the rut, anything can happen, but for the majority, I mean, like my family struggled during it. And, you know, we were talking to my uncle up camp last night. He's like, I've never seen a rut like this. And he texted me today. He's like, I checked my cameras and these clear cuts that normally last year at this time, full of action. He's like, it was just dead. It's nothing. It was yeah. just. It's a weird, weird year. Yeah. And my dad remembered the last time that we had this, you know, he's not like a giant moon guy or anything, but last time we had the full moon around Halloween like that, we had warm weather after that. And it was a weird like trickle effect rut. And it's kind of what we experienced it. And, you know, I was pretty upset about it. Like today it was just like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm coming out you know, with a tag still in my pocket, I'm going to have to pull out the rifle most likely. I may get out a little bit here this week before it ends on Friday, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm not giving some story of like, oh, it was, it was a great experience, you know, the typical didn't fill the tag deal. But yep. I, I definitely learned a ton and had the encounters that I needed. I didn't capitalize on a couple of them which was totally on me. I got the the big win. My the biggest deer, the one of the biggest deer I've ever hunted. I had him at 15 yards. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't get an arrow off in time. That's on me. I didn't capitalize. But I I got, like, I thought he was living here, and he was living there. Right. So that's a win. Big win. Yeah. Huge win. Yep. And I passed on a lot of good bucks before you got out here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had some videos, a three-year-old eight-point. wasn't anything impressive on the headgear, but nice three-year-old nice, buck. Nice buck, yep. And so, like... It, it was a, it was a good year overall um, from the archery standpoint, but um, learned just a ton. Learn a new area. Which I do this every year. Find new areas. Why don't I just keep? I don't know. But I'm always too many areas. Trying to hunt them all and moving around too much. I know, I know, I know. But we we did do good. I th- I felt like I was more patient this year and spending more time in areas, and it didn't pan out. But that's the way that it goes. But man, when you get spots like that, it is just a matter of time. And it's it's hard to sit in the same if you're not seeing deer for two full days, it's hard to stay there. But if you do that, you know, I think it's a way to be successful, right? Like obviously there's perks to moving around and staying active, finding deer, but yeah. there's also a lot of But during that peak rut movement like that, like I think sitting still is more you're better off doing that. Like if you know there's does that are hanging around somewhere in the area, and this is a travel route. Yeah, you gotta sit there. Yep, like you gotta spend time, and, especially yeah. in low deer density area. You're not blowing deer out. You're not. Yeah, I mean, we didn't blow any deer out walking in. It was like a mile and a half walk into that spot. Yeah, like it, you didn't. We didn't blow any deer out. Yeah. any of the days. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's 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 a yeah. It's a, it's a difficult thing to figure out and see you know what you did right, what you did wrong. Um, but I think there was a lot of lessons to be learned there. And this year was different for me because I was really focused on one deer. And I'm not anybody that's listened to me before. I'm not a person that typically does that. But I learned so much by trying to figure out one deer's behavior. I found his shed this spring and that's what kicked this whole thing off and me hunting this area is because I found this shed and I felt like I've learned so much about this deer in a short amount of time that it's incredible, but he's still obviously out there. Um, he made it, but, uh, it's, it's a, and, and when I say that I'm hunting one specific deer, I wasn't only going to shoot that deer. I was hunting that deer, but if another good one that, you know, that I felt good about shooting, then I would shoot then. Like for me, I don't have like a real size requirement. Like my goal is a four-year-old deer, um, four-year-old buck. But at the same time, today, if a freaking nice two-year-old gave me a freaking show and it was fun and I wanted to shoot it, I'd shoot it and not feel any sort of remorse for it whatsoever. Like that's, I don't know, I'm I'm not at a point in my career where I feel like I'm so good that I can just, you know, Pass all that. the one thirty. No, and, and yeah, I enjoy. No. I just enjoy hunting. I enjoy deer me. I enjoy everything about it. Like yeah. it's so. Yeah, that's kind of you know the the gist of it there. But there's a lot of things I've learned in the process. And actually, one of the things I struggled with this year was where those big deer were. Um, they were showing themselves out near some private land, near some roads. Uh, in at night, apparently people were seeing it and uh spotlighting so got some hunting pressure me being on uh social media posting some stuff and then people found my truck and it just kind of got to a point where (laughs) we were dealing with some external pressure i don't do well around a lot of pressure 
um, I was talking to a buddy, Josh Prophet, who's on the podcast. And he's like, man, if you get pressure, they're there for a reason. You're hunting big deer. He's like, you just got to figure out how to navigate it. And I'm still learning that. Normally, I like to go to spots where I'm not dealing with people. Yeah. So I'm, I still, I'm still not sure how I feel about that whole process. <laughs> it's definitely something new. Yeah. You know, definitely something to, on top of all the other variables you guys have out here, not adding other people doing the same thing. Oh, I know. Well, even that morning, I don't think we mentioned we had that guy coming through quail hunting. Oh, uh, yeah. The on the river bottom. bottom. and or Yeah, uh, grouse hunting. Grouse hunting, sorry. And and he was perfect. He had no idea we were there, and he came up with his dogs. We could hear him coming for probably four or five minutes, you know, before he actually showed up. And um, he kind of got to the bottom, kind of worked our way a little bit, and, and then he saw Janelle, uh, yeah. the decoy. And then he he's, he realized what was going on, kind of saw us, got his dogs, and, can, you know, turned completely around and went right back the same way he came. Yeah. Great so, sportsman. I thought yeah. I thought that guy handled that so well. He grabbed he his dogs and yep. he's like first he thought it was a real deer. He so did, he yeah. Was trying to get the dogs <laughs> so they didn't chase the deer. Yep. Which was great. Yep. And then I whistled at him and he saw us and he's like, Oh, and he grabbed him, he turned around and he was in their way. So he worked to get to that point. Oh yeah. And he yeah. saw us, he's like, All right, they were there first, let's turn around and go. And, and he was quiet going out too. Like obviously he had no idea we were <clears> there, but he did I mean he was Yeah. He was spot on. Yeah, know? very, very good. I thought that it's was kind of positive. refreshing to see that, you know. Yeah, I thought that was super positive. So yeah. Yep. But yeah, moral of the story is still got a tag in my pocket. So yep. I had to pull out the old rifle again. Get him in rifle season. And we did today find a spot, um, that you marked down on an X that you thought would be a pretty good rifle spot. Yeah, man. I suck at rifle hunting. Like, <laughs> I think I think too much into it. I think the thing with rifle hunting is, this is my opinion, but when it comes to first day of Pennsylvania rifle, you got to figure out where people are going to push deer and they're going to run through. Like, you're not trying to figure out deer patterns. Yeah. I don't know. So there's this, that spot I found I think it would be pretty good. Or where I was hunting that. Real big buck. He's living that side hill. I don't think anybody's be hunting there. I to hunt him with a rifle effectively. I think I'd have to sit on the ground. I'd either put my saddle on the ground. And people have asked me why I did that. I've posted some videos on Instagram of like me sitting on the ground with a saddle. And I'm gonna tell you why I do that because it's more comfortable than standing there with your bow. Yeah. Because you can kind of lean back. It's almost like. Yeah, sitting in a chair essentially, right. and you can still swivel around the tree and shoot in any direction. So yeah. that's that's why I do it. But with a gun, I might just even take a pad and sit on the ground up yeah. against one of the big hemlocks overlooking that hill, some big rocks and stuff there. And yeah, that was a good little spot. Maybe there. some pressure will, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of pressure on the top. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of pressure coming from every angle and in rifle season that side hill might be a, a sanctuary for yeah, him so for sure probably sharing too much on here i'll have <laughs> freaking three guys sitting there next to me but yeah they're gonna f- be there before you are in the morning whatever that's <laughs> it but uh no, that's a good little spot down there though i mean it was it had everything you want and there was plenty of sign in there too I yeah mean, i wouldn't be surprised if you hunted that archery next year not maybe not uh, that exact spot but that area oh yeah definitely you know yeah i learned a lot I yeah think, i think yeah. i learned a ton so We'll see where to go from there, I guess. That's all you can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything else you can think of from the trip or anything that you want to no, cover? I mean, yeah, I think we're I think we're good. It's just a, a newfound respect for Pennsylvania deer hunters that yeah. are trying to, you know, kill a big woods buck or mountain buck like that with a bow. I mean, that's that's a feat, you know, especially yeah. consistently or even just to have good hunts. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah. You know. Just seeing them. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard when you can only see 60 yards. You yeah. can literally be 150 yards from your biggest buck you've ever had on camera chasing does around all over, and you'd have no idea what's going on. Yep. So that's hard. It is. Know, that's one of the things you guys have to deal with. Awesome. Yep. Well, Justin, thanks for coming out here and, and filming and spending, you know, well, like 10 days in the house here with me yeah, and everything. So last. Um, hope you get some drive back, long trip to Minnesota and get some rest tomorrow. Yeah. For, well, not tomorrow. You'll be driving. Be but driving. After I'll get back that. tomorrow around 7, 8 o'clock at night. There so. you go. Then I have four or five days off and then go to Wisconsin and back down to Iowa and just keep after it. There you go, man. Yep. Keep grinding. Yep, for sure. So Justin, where can people find uh, some of your stuff on social media and whatever else? Uh, pretty much social media is the big one. Um, Instagram um, at Justin Mueller Photography. Um, if you go on Bo's page, you know. Look I'll, at just about any picture. And yeah, I half the, if just click on some of the pictures, you'll see my tag there. But yeah, at Justin Mueller Photography is my, my Instagram. So that's, you know, where I post all my pictures and when I'm on some of these hunts, um, I try to do like somewhat semi-live updates. Sometimes yeah. I get a little behind on it, but I try to keep that going pretty good. So yeah. kind of follow along in some of the hunts that I'm on. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing another. We're going to start game planning some hunts for 2021. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been a hell of a week. It's fun. And hopefully here. I can kill a buck and rifle, get a little bit of film, and we can still put this together. That's right. Yeah. And get this yeah. release. I think it. In the, it's going to be shared at some point. I just don't want to rush the process. Yeah, it's just a matter of when, whenever we get the project done. Awesome, dude. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.